0: Hey, what's up, owner? If you're new here, I've got a free ebook on how to scale your business to multiple six and even seven figures by overcoming your dependency on referrals, doubling your profit per project, and removing yourself as the main bottleneck in your business. All you have to do is DM me the word gift on Facebook at Brent Weaver. That's facebook.com slash Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in business and life. All right, let's get back to the podcast. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners, digital agency owners, welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and today we're hanging out with Andy Cabasso. He is a digital marketing professional, speaker, lawyer, and occasional wedding officiant. He's a co-founder of Pastaga, an all-in-one marketing platform for link building and email outreach. Prior to Pastaga, he started, grew, and then successfully sold his digital agency for seven figures, start to exit, Within three years currently, Postaga is uh, touting having over 10,000 users. Andy, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks sir, for having me, Brent. So what? Uh, tell me a little about your backstory. What got you started in the digital space, both within your agency and then also deciding to start your own software platform?
1: Sure. Uh, well, it kind of was random, I guess, as all of life is. Um, So I was in law school, kind of uh, realizing that I didn't want to necessarily be a a lawyer out of law school. And that's a conversation maybe for a longer time and another day. But at the time, I was still uh, applying to different firms to possibly work at. And I had noticed that most every firm I was applying to had a really terrible web presence, you know, non-mobile friendly sites, outdated information all that stuff you know like the classic hallmarks the copyright 2005 you know uh stuff like that like um and i was like there it's not that hard like we could really do something nice for these people and like market web design digital marketing services for them and a colleague of mine a, a old roommate of mine from college was freelancing at the time and we kind of figured we could work together. I could handle the marketing and really speak to this audience and he could do the design work. And so we started working together and we built a digital agency focused on this legal niche vertical. And we had kind of our main success initially through content marketing by really knowing what this audience was looking for, but not just in the realm of getting their website built, but also connecting with them more up the funnel, let's say. So getting to them before they knew they needed a website and getting them in our ecosystem, getting them to be reading our content, getting them getting our uh, drip emails from our automation sequences, getting them lead magnets and stuff like that. And we grew uh, at first because of that channel. And that really worked out for us.
0: I feel like Lawyers are one of those niches that I hear people consider targeting a lot and some do. I, I find it's hard to see. Few people, I think, have great success with, with that lawyer niche. I don't know if it's because of the the typical persona in that market. And and, and from your perspective, you guys probably have probably mm-hmm. had lots of lawyer clients. Uh, what, what was different and unique about that niche? Because I hear that niche brought up a lot. I think there's an assumption that people, that lawyers have money. Uh, that they make a lot of money and that there's opportunity for them to make money online. But then getting them to spend the money, and we had a handful of lawyer clients at our agency, but getting them to spend the money sometimes is a whole different story.
1: So 100%. uh, The way that I would probably break it down, so there are some lawyers that have an entrepreneurial mindset, that have their own practices, that know that they need to spend money to make money on marketing and are happy to do so. And those are the lawyers that you're more likely to see on TV and radio ads and you know doing things like like Google search ads and spending money on their content marketing and SEO but I'd say a more much larger significant percentage of the population of lawyers and law firms are these solo practitioners these like one to three lawyer shops that are getting all of their customers via word of mouth. And so because of that, they're not really thinking, I need to invest in my web presence because I'm getting all my cases referred to me, so why do I really need to put any time and money into my web presence? And uh, another thing is I would say is, uh, a percentage of this market also is not as inve- like they're just not as invested in their web presence and so while you may be thinking all right all these lawyers are making tons of money they don't necessarily see the value of marketing and so that can be a, a shock if you have these assumptions going in that all lawyers are rich making crazy money and are definitely going to want to be spending money on their website
0: so when you first started working with lawyers, you were doing it sounds like more stuff on the content side. How, how did that value proposition evolve? And I'm kind of curious, was this the yeah. niche that you ended up scaling the agency and exiting with? Yes. Yeah, so we we focused exclusively on
1: on law firms and we found the like we found the right mix in terms of our marketing messaging and, and the audience. So Really, like at at, at first, what we were focusing on is simply doing web design for law firms, and that w- and we, you know, building this book of business. We were able to build a portfolio, and so clients coming in can see, oh wow, they've got this portfolio page with tons of great websites. I want a website just like this. Make me something like that, and that would be easy for us to do. And that have us having our kind of productized service with specific products like. Like, here's a website. You want a website with 10 pages, a couple of lawyer bio pages, and so on. We could easily and quickly create that for you. Here is a fixed price for that. No surprises, no scope creep. And it was easy for us to kind of scale that service. Having the productized model definitely helped us to scale, but also with that, a recurring revenue model. So every client that we had we were doing some form, having a some form of a recurring revenue retainer with them, whether it was for just simply uh, hosting and support. So us saying to them, "Listen, you're a busy lawyer. Uh, you don't want to have to update your bio page or add a new uh, team member or add a new blog post if you have some content. Let us do that for you, and that'll be part of your monthly retainer that you're paying." And so we have all of our clients on these recurring retainers, and then we got into digital marketing more because we recognized that a lot of our clients were asking about it and that wasn't something that we were providing at the time. And so we, they were saying, you know, like you have our website, that's great. Can you do SEO and paid search? And so we had to get like build up our team, get more well-versed in that, being able to provide that uh, and be able to execute and deliver on that and uh, kind of went from there and adding those services also significantly helped us uh, grow
0: hey what's up agency owners today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by float as an agency owner you need quick reliable answers to questions like how much money will i make next month when can i afford to make another hire and what if i lose that big client float the cash flow and scenario planning software for zero and quickbooks online helps you answer these questions and more so you can start making smart business decisions with confidence To access an exclusive six-week trial of Float and set up a call with one of their cash flow experts, visit floatapp.com slash the digital agency show. So we've got an audience. We've got a clear message. Your clients see the proof and and credibility of having other clients like them. And you guys get the benefit of being productized and having that leverage through repetition and and being able to create stuff uh, faster because you've already done something very similar before. It does sound really simple. I'm sure there were (laughs) elements that were hard because things that are simple aren't necessarily easy. What was hard about it?
1: Yeah. So, well, it it takes time. Um, It took time for us to learn this since we, like, this was our first experience, you know, building an agency and having a specific core client that we were going after. So, you know, what helped us was the repetitive kind of work, uh, doing lawyer sites over and over again. And then we like learned over time that there are certain things that all of these clients or most of these clients will want. And so we could build that into our processes. Uh, we could build our SOP documentation so that any team member that we would hire would know that this is what we need. and, yeah, it was really kind of like, we built our own institutional knowledge over time, I would say. And, uh, that doesn't happen overnight because, you know, once you, as you get more and more clients, you see there are common patterns, There are certain things they want and also better for your sales. You recognize, like I was recognizing immediately on a sales call and I had have a certain question that I would ask so I could qualify them as a certain prospect type and know how to pitch them and then how to deliver for them. And that, that something that took time for us to really develop. So yeah, it, it it's like in the grand scheme of things, it 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 sounds all great and easy, but it definitely took time for us to really hone in on that. But from the beginning, I would say like we knew that we wanted to build a productized service that would be repeatable that we could build and, and grow and scale with. And so having that mindset from the beginning and not just being like, all right, we have a new web design project and they want a million different things. Let's deliver on all of that and uh, they'll be happy. And then we'll go take another web design project with its own unique requirements. We were really looking to build this model where we could have a client, they have a very fixed scope. We know how to deliver and execute on it every time. And we can scale up and get hundreds of clients in the pipeline and be able to serve all of them
0: how did how did you keep your clients in 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 their lane so to speak in terms of their focus <laughs> you mentioned that people come in and they want their website or they want you know to do 50 things when it comes to marketing and and you know what they really want, right? <laughs> a lawyer wants more clients and he probably wants more high value clients. He doesn't want people calling him for, hey, I want you to just help me, you know, proofread my contract. But like, how do I help <laughs> you protect your business or how do I help you, you know, build a, a trust or a legacy with your your life or whatever? I mean, lawyers have these things that they'd rather do for five or 10 or $50,000. <laughs> right. And they have their ideas of what's going to work. So how did you guys keep them focused So that you weren't having these bloated scopes of work that created a lot of risk for your agency. Sure. So
1: I won't say that like 100% of the time that everyone stayed in their lanes for sure. Um, There were definitely clients that have their own ideas. But one really good thing about our marketing and our specific focus is we are presented as experts in this niche. And just like Uh, A lawyer who is an expert in estate planning would hopefully never try and take a case uh, in personal injury or criminal defense when someone's freedom is on the line. And they would recognize this is not my area of expertise. Let me reach out to someone else who could better handle this. They would come to us and recognize this is what you do every day. Uh, You work with clients like me, but you work with people exactly like me. And hopefully you can help me and advise me on what's best for my situation. And so like some law firms would come to us and say, you know what, I don't really need to market like crazy. I'm happy with my clients coming from word of mouth, but I need you to still make me a good looking web presence that's going to appeal to people who get my business card and look up, look me up online. And then there are other law firms that are trying to connect with people that are trying to get new customers from the internet. And their MO is to you know, attract that traffic, build trust, and then get the them to contact them. And so those are different approaches and we recognize that and we could uh, speak to those audiences and help our clients speak to those audiences. And with our knowledge and our customers coming to us and seeing that we are these experts, being more likely to trust us. Um, One thing that I'd say, like uh, compared like us compared to more generalists is like we, we have clients who came to us after working with more generalist digital marketers, freelancers, or agencies, and they had to walk the agency through how they wanted to present themselves. Whereas lawyers coming to us, we could tell, we could explain to them, having worked with dozens of law firms in your area with similar goals to yours, we can help you tailor your message. That's going to be the best for your audience.
0: One of the things that I found that with people that productize, and and this mm-hmm. is a phrase in our mm-hmm. industry that I think attracts a lot of hoopla of having a productized service, something that you can mm-hmm. Repeatedly sell, but I think that a lot of people that create a productized service get really obsessed with the product and fiddling with it (laughs) or coming up with more productized services versus just saying, hey, this is our thing that we're going to sell, and then building an amazing marketing and sales team and engine behind Mm -hmm. the product, you know, they kind of continue to fiddle with the product, right? They keep, oh man, this client (laughs) requested this. Maybe we could add options or variations or different tiers or, or what have you, uh, or upgrades or ascensions, which I think have a time and a place, but how did you, I mean, it sounds like since you guys exited for seven plus Mm -hmm. figures that you actually did spend a lot of time on the marketing and sales engine. Can you tell us a little bit about how you did that? Like what were your channels that you really leaned into and how did you build systems around that part of the business?
1: Yeah, so the first channel that we really worked on was uh, was SEO and content marketing. From the outset, I wanted to be able to have our website speak the language that our clients were speaking and be able to connect with them in a in a way and in a place that maybe some of our competitors weren't. So one as, as one example I kind of talked about earlier is finding our audience before they knew that they needed us. So for example, uh, like I could write articles all day, every day about law firm websites. And, you know, that's great. And I would find, I, and people could find us when they were looking for a website, but there's such little search volume compared to broader topics that our audience would be interested in. So like, for example, I would recognize that Sometimes, when people would be coming to us, they would be starting up their practice or looking to invest in their practice. So, they would be also looking at different tools, different software, like project management software, and stuff like that. And so, I created content geared towards that, which had much higher search volume. And so, I'd have customers coming to us, you know, reading our content about uh, law firm software. They'd download one of our lead magnets about law firm software and then they'd get into our funnel get into our drip campaigns and then eventually we'd you know pitch them more and more about websites and if it would be a good fit for them then they'd reach out to us and so that kind of going beyond the sphere of just sticking in this sticking in this lane of law web design content we got a lot more people finding us so that was probably the first key Uh, for us in terms of generating that, creating that, that really that funnel of leads and kind of beyond that though, we also found that, that we kind of like, uh, stepped into this, I'll admit unintentionally at first, but once we saw that it was, uh, delivering for us really leaned into hard, which was strategic partnerships. So because we were building our audience in these, tangentially related areas like law firm software, these law firm software vendors came to us and wanted to do co-marketing with us. So webinars have us at their conferences, speaking and things like that. And so we, we did all of that. We all, we did more co-marketing with them. We even like built direct integrations between their software platforms, uh, and ours, which wasn't too difficult to do uh, and it really added this you know more proof to our product that it was built for our audience. And that really helped helped us stand apart from competitors in this space. We stood out from other digital marketing agencies focusing on the niche. We especially stood out from more generalists or freelancers that were just saying, you know like with their marketing of, yeah, I could do website design for
0: you, no problem with strategic partners, I know a lot of agency owners that have a strategic partnership or they have, yeah. you know, and, and they kind of have uh, you know, they're getting leads or referrals from a strategic partnership, but and they 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 don't see that as being a potential system of having, you know, several different strategic partnerships. Can you expand a little bit in terms of how many partnerships you had when you exited the business and maybe some of the things that you did in terms of looking for and proactively finding more strategic partnerships that would actually perform for you guys?
1: Yeah. So some strategic partnerships worked great. Others did not. And it was definitely... Like we definitely spent a lot of time cultivating these, like working on these relationships to cultivate these partnerships, to be able to, you know, refer business back and forth. Uh, Some of the relationships were, looked more like affiliate relationships where, uh, yeah, where we would uh, pay for leads or clients. And there were also like, aside from like other vendors that were not doing what we did when we didn't do what they did and we can refer uh, clients back and forth. We also had relationships with with uh, media publishers in the space that I, I I really thought of as more more of strategic partnerships rather than like advertising or anything like that, uh, where we would like you know get get pay commissions based on leads or for clients. And some of these worked out really well, and some really didn't drive much. But in the aggregate, I'd say. When we, when we sold the agency, we probably had maybe like 10 partnerships. And I'd say like five of them were very good for it. Like were very good and very productive for us. And like maybe, yeah. I, and like maybe three of them were very good. A few of the, a few more were, were decent. And then the rest, we either get nothing or very rarely something, but having them definitely move the
0: needle, you know? Hey, what's up, agency owners? As someone that's built hundreds of websites for clients over the last 20 years, I know how important it is to have a content management system that helps me launch sites fast. If you're looking for a new CMS that can launch sites in half the time as a typical WordPress build, I'd like to introduce you to a new platform called Zephyr, a content management system built for power users and agencies. Build websites faster, make clients happier. Find out more information at ZephyrCMS.com and get one free site for life and a free theme setup valued at $500. That's ZephyrCMS.com. Now let's get back to our interview. I always find, and I try to set this expectation with our members around strategic partnerships as a marketing engine, it's, it's very much driven by the Pareto principle that, you know, 80% of your partnerships are going to be little to nothing. And, and not Absolutely. that they're not in good relationships, maybe you're getting other value from them in terms yeah. of like content or insights and things like that. But, you know, you kind of have that law of the vital few that end up being performing. And, and sometimes you will luck out on that. They have one good partnership that they kind of stumbled upon or developed over years and years. Mm-hmm. But just really thinking about that, if our listeners are thinking, oh, hey, how can I use partnerships into a system? It's like you know, having 10 strategic partnerships is probably a good number to aim for to have mm-hmm. you know, not all of your eggs in one basket on that front. Most definitely, yeah. So one of the other questions that we get a ton is around choosing a niche and you you actually went and and you know you you're a lawyer um and you went after the law niche i mean how much yeah. do you attribute your success in that market from your background as a lawyer well it um a lot I
1: would say so well one. Uh, we we also we found that me speaking with potential clients was better than if I had other salespeople on the team speaking with potential clients. Just that proof of me being a lawyer. Uh, some of our clients were very much like, okay, you clearly understand me a lot better. And I'd be like, you know what, not like I'm not the best salesperson necessarily on the team, but I have a law degree, and if that makes you more comfortable with me, okay, fine. But also, I, I keep in mind that. That my name was on all the content I was writing, all the blog posts, and so uh, when customers would speak to me, they would have most likely read an article that I published before, and they would say, "Okay, he gets it. He gets me. He understands where I'm coming from," and so that really helped. And so if, if you're going, if you're like targeting any other industry, if you are creating good content that's relevant for them that resonates with your audience and you speak to them and are trying to pitch them, they will be into that. They will, res- they will respect your opinion more as opposed to you being some random salesperson uh, who is where the product seeming, like, is seemingly irrelevant. Yeah. If your name is attached to some content that someone has read, that, that definitely will give you a bit of a boost and a leg up in the sales process. In terms of like the niche we went like we went after itself, like for us, it was kind of obvious we absolutely focused and doubled down on lawyers. we got people reaching out to us for other industries of their of that their businesses were in, and we turned them away because it wasn't part of our workflow like sure, maybe I, we could do a website for an accounting firm or a financial planner uh but We didn't really know all of the things that they would need. We didn't know all of the integrations that they would want. And for like the first project for us would obviously be the most labor and time intensive because we would be we'd be learning on the job what it was that this particular type of client wanted. And since we wouldn't want to be replicating that with more clients in this space, it just wasn't worth it to us. Like especially early, early on, even like for our lawyer clients, our first websites that we built took many times more uh, the amount of hours than our hundredth website uh, took in terms of you know uh, manpower and all that.
0: I think for our listeners, that's a huge takeaway for the success. That you had, you you weren't looking at this as a product, but more as a system, and having to say, you know, saying yes to that additional five or ten thousand dollars or whatever it would be for that accountant website, while it might be seem like easy money because the lead is there, the deal is there. Right. You evaluated it not in terms of can we deliver this to this client, um, and, and will, will we make a little bit of money, but will this actually benefit the system that we've built? And I think that mm-hmm. that's a huge part of the venture, if if you're going to be an agency and you're going to go into Mm -hmm. that productized service direction is that you have to be looking at the system with every decision that you make in terms of the clients that you accept and the clients that you um, hopefully turn away. And it seems like you guys got that figured out. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. it's, it's congrats to you. Cause I think a lot of agency owners struggle with that. They say, oh yeah, I'm niche, but then something comes in that's outside of their focus and they go, well, yeah, it's, you know, it's a
1: little slow right now. I I get it because it, it can be hard because it's like, that is money in front of you. And why wouldn't you take it? But on the flip side, maybe you could refer that client to a strategic partner, someone else in a different niche and vertical, and they get the client, and then maybe in the future be able to refer someone back to you. So, still thinking about it from that angle, it's not a total loss.
0: Andy, this has been super awesome, man. I think these themes run niching around building up uh, a product productized service, scaling your agency experience is just so relevant to our audience. And uh, I love just like digging in on, on this. Maybe before we go into to our lightning round here, give us a quick like elevator pitch. Like what is Postaga all about and why did you guys move to that kind of post-agency? So the reason we, we kind of went into that was
1: because of a challenge we had at the agency level, which was how do we do link building for our clients in an effective and scalable way? Uh, So with like for our clients creating content and for ourselves also creating content would be great. But we recognize that your content ranks much better when people are linking to your content. And so the typical processes for doing outreach to other websites to pitch them to get them to link to your content, whether it's some uh, skyscraper or link outreach or something like that. It had been very manual and labor and time intensive, and it just didn't scale. So we built Postaga as this platform that helps you find relevant websites to your content. Then find the right contact people and get their email addresses and then build these email outreach sequences to pitch them and follow up with them to get them to link to your content um, and help you ultimately rank better. And kind of from that initial idea, we've also expanded the platform to help with like digital PR outreach, uh, getting you on podcasts, for example, to promote your brand, uh, as well as doing cold outreach for
0: uh, B2B businesses to find uh, potential customers. Very cool. Well, it sounds like you guys have put your uh, past experience with your legal focused agency into good use with your new SaaS platform. Andy, are you ready for our lightning round? Not at all, but let's do it. What is the best advice you've ever received?
1: Best advice I ever received: get sleep. <laughs> How are you doing on sleep right now, Andy? Uh, I have a seventeen-month-old. <laughs> uh, so, so, so,
0: so you're you're uh, you're maybe short on sleep right now. I
1: uh, okay. Uh, you know, what? it's not it's not so bad. I'm gonna it's. Much better now, I'm getting sleep now as compared to when when she was like three months. So, you know, I can't complain, I really can't complain. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm getting sleep now, I'm I'm rested, I'm focused, and probably really honestly getting sleep and taking care of myself is the best thing I could do for my business. Well, congrats on the growing family. Which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Probably my, cur- my insatiable curiosity. Uh, Especially like with marketing, I always want to know more and, and constantly improve and do better. And that absolutely has been kind of key to my personal success.
0: Can you share an internet resource tool or app that you use regularly in your business that you think our listeners would find valuable? All right. Well, aside from the self-promotion of my
1: postdoc <laughs> platform, uh, there are a few tools that I love and recommend. Uh, for marketing automation, I... Love and use Active Campaign for uh, like keyword research and SEO research. I use Ahre- a- Ahrefs, Ahrefs, however they want to pronounce it. I'm not entirely positive, but uh,
0: I, I, I like that tool a lot. Very cool. We'll link out to both of those in our show notes. What book would you recommend and why? Uh, Influenced by Robert Cialdini.
1: Um, that really helped me get a good sense of like, get a lot of ideas for marketing messaging. Uh, Like it focuses on things like uh, creating scarcity and urgency in your marketing to uh, connect with and get your customers to, or potential customers to uh, move.
0: Awesome. Well, we will link out to the takeaways, gold nuggets, all that good stuff on the show notes at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. We'll link out to Active Campaign and AHrefs as well as Influencer by uh, Robert Cialdini. and um, Andy. How can our audience find out more about you? Is there anything that you have that you can ch- that they can check out?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, so I am pretty easy to find on the internet. Uh, I have a very uncommon name, so uh, you could find me on. On Twitter, for example, at Andy Cabasso. On LinkedIn, I'm Andrew Cabasso because it sounds more professional, I guess. Um, I also, uh, uh, postaga.com is our website and we have a Facebook group called Grow Together SEO. That's all about digital marketing, link building, outreach, uh, SEO, all of that. And it's a good community for improving your skills, connecting with other people.
0: Can't recommend it enough. Very cool. Well, For our listeners, we'll organize all that on our show notes, yougurus.com forward slash podcast. If you listen to this week of, you'll see Andy's picture right up there at the top. Click on that and you're going to see all sorts of links and resources, high-level notes from today's episode. So if you're out on a run or on the road, or like me on your bike, then uh, we'll make sure all that stuff's organized and convenient for you over at yougurus.com forward slash podcast. Andy, thank you so much for stopping by the program today.
1: Yeah, thanks, Brent. Also, if you are running or biking, you should absolutely, while you are running or biking, pick up your phone and click those links. Um, it's fine. You can do it
0: while you're running or biking, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, we could hopefully, hopefully are not going too fast on your bike, uh, but definitely running. Those guys can, they can multitask for sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can't wait on this information. <laughs> so thanks so much, man. Super appreciate you and uh, appreciate the extra plug for our show notes. That's it for this week's episode of The Digital Agency Show. Stay tuned each and every week for more great content coming to you to help you grow your digital agency so you can achieve freedom in business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And remember, if you want that free ebook on how to scale to multiple six and seven figures, all you got to do is DM me on Facebook, the word gift at Brent Weaver, and I'll send you your guide on how to achieve freedom in your business and life. Until next time, I'm Brent Weaver.